This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. <laughs> Doesn't want to go. Right. It's not a problem. It's not a problem at all. Right then. That was wicked today, wasn't it? Everything has been on fire today. It has been class. I've been loving it. I almost got lost in... Uh, I forgot that to speak. Worship was class. I was like, I'm going for this. I can see everyone worship. I don't know. Does anybody think that, that was like one of the best ones we've had, like ever? It was class. So I thought, this is awesome. I was looking around, just starting to get teary because I could see everyone going for it. I love it when people just go flat out for it. When I, I prefer seeing other people going for worship than having something myself. I don't know why, it just gives me something better. Um, and then like hearing all the stuff the guys are saying, that's wicked, that's awesome. Like, i just been pumped. And I was saying to Luke, I turned around to Luke and I said... Am I next? <laughs> I forgot the order. I almost forgot there was preaching. I was so relaxed listening to everybody and it was just awesome. So I'm pumped. I'm really pumped. So um, let's hope this goes better than last week and I was up here. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it should. So today's message, um, all year, I haven't preached right since Rock Nation Sunday, like two years ago. And um, we did a thing, we had to preach on a verse and stuff like that. And... Um, well, I'm preached since then, so that's two years ago. So this year, I've been like, oh, I've got, you know, I preach on Fridays and stuff, but I'm like, oh, I've got something I need to say to the church. I need to say something. And I kept having this, like, these words from God, like, you need to say this. And it was like a message of frustration almost, right? And I was like, you need to do this, you need to do this. Our church needs to do this. And I'm like, flip neck, how can I preach that? Me, like, I can't say that. And then Mark preached, oh, sweet, yeah, Mark preached a few months ago, and he was like a bit of a straight to the point one. And everyone was walking around going, Mark, that was awesome. That's what our church needs. And I'm like, I meant to do it. I meant to say it. So I'm like, oh, flip my neck. And then things have been going on, and we've had messages of encouragement, and everyone loves encouragement today. And our church, they encourage people like lords. So I was like, right, maybe I'm meant to fit into that. So right, I've got a message just in between. So it's a message of encouragement, it's going to build you up a little bit, but at the same time there's some things where I'm just going to have to say it straight, and they're not like massively offensive, but if they do offend you, then it's God's message, not mine, so I'll argue with him. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, I've gone with like a message that it's got a few straight points, and they're like practical points, so if you don't do them, it's kind of like, do them. And, you know, everyone knows that the person who preaches doesn't do everything that they say but i just feel like i want to say i don't do all of these things but i'm trying to do them as well okay so that's where we start so today's message is on have a guess the great commission it's the great commission andrea spoke on this uh, touched on this like two weeks ago and i was sat there and i was like so i wanted to speak on <laughs> i can't say it now so i said to her i was like andrea you just stolen what i was going to say she's like if God wants people to hear it, he's going to keep telling people to say it. So I was like, boom, it's coming, it's going, right? So the Great Commission, can we have the verse up, Lee? Uh, then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Ooh, wow. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's wicked, isn't it? How like, cool is that? That's something, something awesome, isn't it? You know, what an instruction. What an instruction by Jesus, yeah? So, like I said, I'm, I think there's things in you I've got to say and they're straight, like I'm telling people what to do. And it's like, Fibnick, this is hard. How am I going to be able to tell people that? Because, you know, I've only been a Christian for so many years. I don't do it, you know, I'm, 
I don't know everything in the Bible. I know quite little, really. <laughs> you know, and maybe I'm not worthy to say it and stuff. But this is point number one. So if you are taking notes, point number one. God wants you to be, God wants you as the person you are and not the finished article. You don't have to be perfect to be able to work, do work for Jesus. So in that video at the start, that was kind of like, everything I want to say was in that video. Like a six minute smash. And then when I come and say it afterwards, what do you call it? Subconscious thing, you know, it's just kind of like you feed it into people's heads. Um, subliminal, that's the one. So maybe they start doing it. So you don't have to be the finished article because we can't be the finished article, can we? Let's be honest. So you've been called by God. God said this to, disi- to his disciples. They were his disciples at the time, where his disciples now, were we? Yeah? So he said it to us as well, just didn't say it just to them. And like when they passed away and stuff like that, I said, okay, well, it's over. No, it gets passed down and passed down because we're Jesus' disciples, yeah? So you've been called by Jesus himself. Jesus has walked up to you effectively okay he's walked up to you and said i want you to do this go into the world and make disciples like for me if he comes up to me and says that i'm just a carpenter from a town that nobody knows thinks anything about to do some awesome stuff has anyone heard that before no (laughs) i was hoping it was a laugh then but um you know we're just average people that have been asked to do something awesome in it. So you don't have to be amazing. He didn't say to, the pe- to his disciples who were amazing. They weren't class. How many times did Jesus tell them off for doing stuff? Because they always used to do stupid stuff. And we're the same. We do stupid stuff. But Jesus has still asked us. So knowing that, does anybody else feel, wow, I'm burdened with that? How am I meant to go out and tell people about Jesus? Because I can't speak to people. How can I bring it up? I can't preach. I can't worship. I can't do videos, I can't do church news. And you think, well, I can't do that. But it's not about that, it's not about the stuff up the front. Because the people up the front, it says there, it said in that video, the people up the front, they aren't any more spiritual, any more holy. They're the same. Everyone's got sin, they've got sin, I've got sin, you've got sin. And there's no hierarchy of sin. So it doesn't really matter how much you've sinned or what you've done. You are in the same boat as them. So don't think that you've got to be an amazing person and you've got to be worthy of it because no one's worthy of it really, are they? Yeah? So he doesn't care who you are. He just wants you to take the command. Go with it. Go into the world and just make disciples, yeah? So, like I said, if you have to be the finished article, then no one would be doing the work. If that was on this like, job description, you have to be perfect, It'd be a slow day at the office on Monday, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Not many people would be turning up to work. So, you know, we just need to remember that. It's a quick, short point. But just remember, it doesn't matter who you are, what you've done. This is your job as well, okay? This is your job. So listen to this as if, you know, in uh, Mission Impossible, when Ethan Hunt gets the tape and he puts it in the thing, because this is your mission. If you, Andrea knows this because she says it all the time. If, if you choose to accept it, right? So... You have to accept it. <laughs> yeah? You have to accept it. There's no, this is your mission if you want to accept it. This is your mission and you have to accept it. Yeah? So, remember this because you are accepting this mission. Okay? So, that we're going to look practically on what we can do and where we need to work to be able to do this. Okay? So, I had an Andrea moment. You know when Andrea's up here and she's preaching, she hasn't got something like a title ready. Not of the main message, but like a point. And then she comes and she goes... I just thought of something, and it's really catchy, and it's awesome. I had one of them. I was writing this, and I was like, <sighs> I just went like that. <sighs> so, point number two. Bear in mind, this is awesome. 
So stay where you're confident, but not where you're comfortable. So stay where you're confident, but not where you're comfortable. So if we're going to go out, imagine if that worked. So if we are going to go out and tell people about Jesus, which we have to do, yeah? So if we're going to go and do that, personally, I think that the best place to do that is in your close group, okay? First of all, okay? So if, you are, if you're part of um, a sports team, if you're part of a cards and crafts team, yeah. it's not a team, but you know, <laughs> you don't, don't go to competitions and you're like, <laughs> but you know what I mean? <laughs> Ready, set, go. But if you're part of like a close group like that, if you work, like I work with five or six guys and we're all quite close, we talk about stuff all the time, that, for me, is where you, first of all, start going, yeah? You need to start working in that small group, okay? The reason behind that is because you've got something in common, yeah? You've all got something in common. If I go and play rugby, I've got something in common with the other guys that play rugby. If you've got a cards, you've got something in common with the people that you do cards with. If you've got to work, you have something in common, you, first of all, okay? And then, but if, if you do work in a big place, you find that you kind of go off into smaller groups than you because they're the people you have stuff in common with. So you know what makes people tick, yeah? You know what makes them think how they can react to certain things because they're in your group, they're similar to you. So I know what makes Emily tick. I know what annoys her. She knows that I know what annoys her. But I know what makes her happy, makes her sad like that. And I know she's my wife, so I will. But I also know that with other people that I'm close to. I know what they like, how you can comfort them and stuff like that. So that is where you need to work, either listen to the situations they're going through, so time into them. So if they're going through something bad, you can help them. If they're going through something good, like we think that we wait for somebody to be going through a tough time to help them out or to tell them about Jesus. But Jesus isn't just there for the bad times, is he? Do you know what I mean? Sometimes we act like that. You know, it's only when we're in the valley we pray and stuff like that. It's not when we're on the mountaintop. But it's when people are on the mountaintop, we can also share. We own, it seems, I, I may be wrong, but perception with that I see is that people try and help people when they're low and not when they're high, which, you know, sometimes you need to help people when they're high as well. So that's where we need to work. But at the same time, we can't just keep into our friendship circles, can we? We just can't do that. So like Andrew was saying, everything's coming back to Andrew's fibbing message. It's a good message. So, um, you know, the other day she was saying about her car- uh, carpet fitter, kitchen fitter, and that she was like, right, we need to go to church on Sunday, and I don't want to tell him we're going to church because he's going to think we're weird, and I can't do this. But when it came out that he knew you went to church, and then he knew Andre came to ABC, everything was fine. They had a little chat about it, and there was no problems. So we can't just stay in our friendship circles because when we stay in our friendship circles, we, we get into our comfort zones, don't we? Because yeah. you know what makes them tick and stuff. So... If I keep saying to Karis, Karis, you need, you, you're going to this, you need to come to church. You're going to this, you come to church. After a while, I know Karis isn't answering, so I'm like, oh, screw that, whatever. She's not gonna, I'm not going to bother. Not because I'm like, I'm done with you, but I know she's not going to answer, so no, I'm not going to go for it. Or when somebody's going through a tough time and you offer them help and you say, do you mean come, you know, read something from my Bible to you or whatever? And you might do that a couple of times, they say no, and then you're like, oh, I'm in my comfort zone, they're not going to bother, so I'm not going to bother, innit? So... If you stay in that circle, you're going to stay in your comfort zone. And being comfortable breeds complacency, yeah? You do get complacent, and then 
You lose. I've got. It. Oh, look at that. I was going to say it, and it's already in my notes. The next thing to say, we can lose urgency, can't we? Yeah. Do you know I mean like I just said, you can try first of all. You might come back from Rock Nations, young guys, and I did this. And you come back and you think, well, I'm going to tell everyone, and you start telling people you should come to YABC, you should come to church. Next year when I go to Rock Nations, do you want to come and all that? And the first month, you're like, yeah, 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 this is class, this is class. And then you keep saying the same stuff, and you get complacent, and you lose urgency, don't you? I don't know if you guys have had it yet. You might not have, and I hope you haven't. But I had it loads of times. I'd come back, and I'd be pumped, and then you lose urgency. And you're like, they're not listening. So, what's, you know, I say, I'm going to give up. So we can't lose urgency. So we need to keep ourselves on our toes, don't we? Yeah? So we need to go back and forth into people go from our uh, groups, out of our groups, talk to everyone about it. Because talking to everyone about it, if you have to say the same story time and time again to different people, you're going to keep it fresh new. And especially when it's a story like this, how class is the story of Jesus, yeah? That he died for us. It's a wicked story. So if you've got a class story of something that you did in school or whatever, a night out, and you're like, I've got to tell everyone about this, I really have to tell. It's going to be class every time, isn't it? Because you want people to listen. So when we go into our friendship circles and we speak to them and we tell them the story is awesome, then we go out to the friendship circle and we talk to just randomers, anyone that we meet, it's going to be awesome again, isn't it? Because it needs to be an awesome, awesome story, the way we say it, yeah? It's, the text does say, go into our... In, I'll have a drink. Go into all the world, all of the world, yeah? So it's obvious that we can't just keep it to our friends, but it is a good place to start. So... We have to tell everyone we get the chance to tell, yeah? How fucking scary is that? <laughs> People you don't know, you have to walk up to them, and if you get a chance to speak to them, like last week, I was working with a guy that I don't usually work with, he's just come in to help us out, and I was with him for probably about a week. And the amount of times there was silence, he does talk a lot, <laughs> but there was silence, and you think, this is an opportunity. This is, you know, there is an opportunity there, when there's silence, there's so when I started playing football, there was a guy, um, he came in the van to me because we went from the pitch to the club, and he was silent. And I thought to myself, I was like, oh, should I say something about church now? And you don't, you know, you freeze a bit. And you think, oh, I can't, because coming in, um, at that point, I thought, oh, he's coming into a new team. I don't want him to think I'm a bit odd. I'm just going to live my life as a Christian, and then I'll bring it into it. And you think... And that's awesome, right? I agree with that. Living your life as a Christian to try and be an example to people. That, it is great, right? But if that's all we're going to do, I think it's a pretty, like, it's a pretty shoddy excuse. Like, and it's good. Like, you, know, we've got, we've, you have to live your life as an advert and as a window for Jesus. But if that's all you're going to do, you ain't going to impact that many people, to be fair. Because they are just going to get, the same as you are, in a comfort zone and just realize that you're a nice person. <laughs> do you know? So we have to kind of like push ourselves a bit more. So that's what I thought. I was like, oh, no, I'll leave it a while. I'll show him that I'm a normal guy. I go to church as well. And then I'll tell him. But I didn't. Do you know what I mean? I didn't do that. Uh, sorry. I, in. I jumped ahead on myself. Man. I thought I should do that instead of just saying it straight. When? I should have just said it straight. Because it doesn't matter what people think about us, really, in reality. Like Andrew was saying, she was scared about saying to her, kitchen fitter after he's fitted a kitchen and left what's the link then you probably know him anyway do (laughs) but like what is the link after that there's not a lot of a link so if i say to this guy or you know about jesus whatever the kitchen fit in my house after he's left he might not see me anymore so it doesn't matter what he thinks about me does it 
Doesn't matter, no? Because he's gone, he's going to live his life. And he may think I'm a weirdo, but then something might happen in his life. And he might go, what was that guy on about? I might log into that on the off chance. He may think that you're a weirdo for every day for the rest of your life. (laughs) Right? He may do. But it doesn't really matter, does it? Because if you were going to give him the chance to have eternity, live eternity, it's not worth you looking like an idiot. Yeah? So I say, um, I've said it a few times in house group. Um, about like us telling people, I'm one of these people as well, you know, that doesn't tell people, but if you had the cure to an illness, yeah? If you had a cure to say cancer, right? Would you keep it to yourself? You wouldn't, would you? You go tell everyone about it. You say, I have this secret there. But in reality, we've got the secret to eternity, but we don't tell anyone, yeah? And we should be telling everyone. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We should be telling everyone. But it's just pride that gets in our way, yeah? It's pride that really, like, holds us back. It's all about me, and it's not about you, God, is it? Do you know what I mean? That's almost what it is. It's like, oh, don't let me do it yet. I'll do it again. I'll do it again. And it just nev- does never happen. So point number three is pride is the only thing that holds us back. Yeah? The biggest thing that holds us back in the walk with God is pride. Yeah? It could... It could j- in here, just in this room, that pride holds us back, that we don't want to worship as loud as we really want to worship, because there's somebody sat next to us, and I've got a terrible voice. Not me. (laughs) My voice is wicked. But, you know what I mean, you don't want to worship that loud, because you're like, is he going to hear me next door? You don't want to lift your hands, because you're, you're smelly armpits. (laughs) But, you know, you don't lift your hands, because people are looking at me, and look like an idiot. I don't want to say thank you out loud, because, that's just awkward. I don't want to go up the front for prayer because what are people going to think about me if I go up the front for prayer? They're going to think, flipping heck, I'm, I'm in a bad place and I can't be in a bad place because I'm a Christian. That's what we think, yeah? Pride gets massively in our way. So we need to literally just put our pride to one side and it's so, so hard, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? You re- like me, I, I care a lot what people think about me. I want to look cool. I want to sound cool. I want to say the right things. I massively want to... <laughs> want people to think good things about me, yeah? But I really need to put that aside, yeah? Like, when I did, when I led last time, I, was, I did communion, and I was like, guys, can we just say thank you out, out loud? And, like, I did it, and a couple of people did it. We're in a room of Christians, are we? <laughs> we should all be saying it, and it should all be comfortable, yeah? So, the, the Bible talks about pride, yeah, and pride isn't good for us. Like, Andrew said earlier on, pride in church is a big no-no, and it is, you know? It is bad to be proud and put our, set our own things before God, yeah? Our own desires. So when we do think this is an opportunity to talk about God, we really, really need to put that pride aside, and it is hard. But we need to be confident that God loves us, because he does. He loves us more than anybody, anything. Loves us more than anybody loves us. He loves us more than we could love anybody else. Do you know what I mean? It's, the love is unbelievable. So we really need to get our heads around being confident in God. And that doesn't matter what people think about us. Because he loves us loads and loads and loads and loads and loads until the end of time. Okay? We need to be comfortable, which is a bad place to be, isn't it? Comfortable. But confident as well that we are loved by God. Because when we truly believe that, we really won't care what people think about us. And if we do care about it, we realize that what we're giving them outweighs what they think about us. Do you know what I mean? We need to remember that... What we are doing here on earth, maybe 50, 60, 70 years, ta- like years time, I, if, 
I would rather not have friends. It'd be grim, right? <laughs> and it would be hard. But I'd rather not have friends for my lifetime to have an eternity with all my people. Say, right. say if I try and talk to my friends, talk to my friends, talk to my friends. They don't, uh, don't get it. They don't like me anymore. We lose being friends. But then something makes them think about it. And before they die, they do decide to give their lives to Christ. How awesome is that? That you weren't friends with them back then. But you were friends with them in eternity, yeah? And even if they're not there, it doesn't really matter if they're not there because you tried, yeah? You've tried your hardest to do it. So we need to really look at what's, what's the worth of it. Do you know I mean, is it worth not having something now to have it in, the, in eternity? Of course it is, yeah? And it's such a hard thing to get our heads around. And really, because we are really selfish, we don't want to do it. We don't want to give up things right now so that we can have it in the future because we are a culture of now, 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 now. But we really do need to get our heads around it. So, stepping out of your comfort zone. There's some people in the Bible who did that. Moses did it, didn't he? Didn't like to speak in front of people because he had a stutter. But he went and he led people out of Egypt and went, we'll go in. Because God, I'm stepping in out of my comfort zone, stepping into your zone, and then we'll go in. Right? Paul, he, he went to jail and did work for Jesus there, didn't he? I doubt he was comfortable in jail. <laughs> yeah? He wouldn't have been comfortable in jail, but he did it. He went and he was like, I'm going to speak out about Jesus and then I'm going to go to jail. That must be hard to think I'm going to jail if I speak about you. But he did it, yeah? He was obedient, put himself second and just went for it, yeah? He went out of his comfort zone. But when we're doing it as well, one of the biggest things about it is when we're telling people is patience. We don't have patience. We want somebody, like we want these guys to come to Rock Nations. We want them to give their lives when we're there and then when they do, we want them to come back and we want them to be able to know everything about God. We want them to know their Bibles inside out, be doing stuff in church, telling their friends, families and stuff. And we want it now, 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 don't we? Yeah. We know that that's not going to happen if we take a step back and think, right, that isn't going to happen. We need to be patient, don't we? Yeah. yeah? So things don't happen straight away. It's not just a, a decision of, oh, should we have a tea tonight? Should we have spaghetti bolognese or should we have a pizza? Right, we love pizza. Do you know it's not a decision like that. It's a decision that can take years to think about. It's the biggest decision of your life, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? If you're going to decide to go, right, I'm not going to live the way I used to live. I'm going to live God's way. I'm going to believe he's real. I'm going to believe he died for me. All this weird stuff that doesn't make sense when you're first hearing it. I'm going to decide to follow that. It's such a weird decision, isn't it? It's the biggest decision ever. So we need to be patient. People learn on this journey at different Different speeds, don't they? Yeah? And everyone's on a journey. So if you've just told somebody about God, they're already on a journey. They are. It's like a small start on their journey that that's all they've heard is one thing. It might make them think. Or you could have somebody who's coming into church and they've been here for a few years and they're like in and out, whatever, you don't know. But they're all on a journey, aren't they? Like I'm on a journey, everyone's on a journey. And people do realise things at different levels on their journey. So we have a question. Wait, actually, don't put it up yet. We have a question that we're going to put up on, on the board, right? It's a maths question, GCSE level. Foundation, was it, Lee? Yeah, foundation level. So we should all get it, shouldn't we? Yeah? So there's a question that's going to come up on the board. Hopefully it's the right size. Be prepared to prepare to fail is my motto. And, um, oh, it's big. Right. If you, take it off, take it off, quick, take it off. Take it off, take it off, don't look. If you know the answer of the questions, stand up. Okay? doesn't matter if you're the first, you're the second, you're the tenth, you're the last. Just stand up. Remember, don't let pride get in the way of you standing up. Yeah? Step out of your comfort zone. Yes. So, 
Hmm? All of them. They should, you know, they should be relatively easy. <laughs> but if you get it, go, stand up, okay? So go on, Lee. Can anyone not see it? <laughs> So, can anyone not see it? Right, it says, what percent, right, this is other pensions, health, schools, police, debt. What percentage of spending was on pensions? Circle your answer. We'll just stick to that question. Kath was the first one. There's no prize, but there we are. Keep going, keep going. Keep going. If you can't see it, don't worry. Right, we're going to have a countdown. <laughs> do, 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 do. Right, okay. Take it off then, Lee. Stay up, stay up. So, right, everyone, if you noticed, you all stood up. I am speaking. <laughs> right, so it's the same. This is kind of like a thing with people's walk, yeah? If you notice, Kath, you were the first one to stand up. You're the super spiritual one in our story. I think Matthew was a close second, he was really close. But if you notice, people stood up at different times, didn't they? And not everyone did stand up, okay? Maybe you didn't see it, <laughs> or maybe you just didn't want to stand up. But, you know what I mean, not everyone stood up, and people stood up at different times. You can sit down now. So, it's the same in our walk and people's journey, in it, yeah? People don't always understand it first time round. Maybe because they haven't been explained it, maybe because they just aren't... Like, they don't want to go all in and look for it. But everyone gets things differently at different times, right? I got that in, like, five seconds. Five seconds. I got that. So, you know what I mean? We need to realize that not everyone's going to hear the whole story at, like, the fir- at the same time. I could have said to you guys, if you know the answer, stay sat down. I could have said the question, said the answers, explained you through it, just, just given you every bit of information apart from the answer, and waited about five minutes for people to get their heads around it, and gone, right, if you get it, stand up. Everyone just stand up at the same time, and they? But it's not like that in church. It's not like that when you go on your journey with God. Everybody doesn't understand everything straight away. So we have to be patient. Patience is massive, because if you lose patience, you could deny somebody the opportunity to come to church. You could, right? Because of your impatience, Emily could be bringing... 10 people to church every week, yeah? I could have not brought somebody to church for, like, five years, okay? She might just be better at it, yeah? She, don't... Oh, I had a point in my head then. It wasn't, it's not written down, but I had a point in my head. <laughs> so... Yeah, so that's it, sorry. Yeah, she might have more patience than me. That's it. She might have more patience. She might just put loads of time into people, loads of effort into people, and then she might be bringing people. But I could just be going... Oh, mate, do you want to come to church? Mm, what's it about? Blah, 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 blah. Do you want to come? No. Oh, it's okay. Do you want to come to church? Yeah, tell me about it. No? Oh, it's okay. But she might be going, do you want to come to church? Why, what's it about? Well, let's have a sit down. Let's go have a coffee. We'll have a chat through it. Next day. Any, still interested in coming to church? Not, yeah? We want to go through more stuff. You have to be patient with people. You have to give your time to people. Because if you aren't prepared to give your time to people, how are they going to change? They can't change just because you told them, I go to church. I've got a pretty decent life, and I do on that. 
because they may not be into that. Yeah, we've got to be patient and we've just got to give us, give ourselves, give our lives to people. You know, we have to put, if you want to go out that night, you want to go out to the cinema that night and somebody goes, uh, do you want to have a chat about that Bible stuff? What are you going to do? Yeah, you've booked your tickets. Yeah, you've been, you haven't eaten because you're going to fill yourself up on hot dogs and popcorn and stuff. What are you actually going to do? How many of us in here would go, I'm busy tonight, mate? Yeah? <laughs> there was a hand up then. There was a hand up. <laughs> I would do it. I would probably do it. Let's be honest. So we have to give. Point number four. These are flowing into each other quite well. <laughs> Giving our lives as a true sacrifice. Okay? So when we say that we're going to give our lives to Jesus, uh, when we say that we're going to give our lives to Jesus, we do need to ask ourselves the question, to what extent am I giving my life to Jesus, right? Because sometimes you can think, right, I've given my life to Jesus. I've got all the forgiveness. I've got eternity coming. Yeah, I've got power through him. I can, when I pray for stuff, you know, things will work, all that kind of stuff, all the good stuff that we get, yeah? We sometimes we think, yeah, I give my life to Jesus. Is that, okay? Come to church on a Sunday. I believe he died for me. And that's about it. Yeah, but when we give our lives to Jesus, we give. <laughs> this is something. When we give our lives to Jesus, we give our lives to Jesus. Yeah, so you give everything. You hear of people saying, "I give my life." He's given his life to science. He's given his life to music. This, that. You know, they've given everything that they do, they have, and they've put it into that. To like to push that forward. Yeah, they've given their lives to that. When we give our lives, we give everything. So in Romans 12, Emily's got this written up on a chalkboard in our kitchen. Romans 12, right? And in the Message Bible, it says, Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering, okay? So I might be wrong, but does that cover most of the stuff that's in your life? Yeah? (laughs) You're sleeping and eating. That's me done. (laughs) You're sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. Walking around life is just everything, yeah? It's just everything that you do. So that covers everything. And put it, give it as an or place it for God as an offering. You're going, God, you've done so much for me. You died for me, yeah? You've died for me that I'm going to give my life to you, yeah? He literally gave his life to us, didn't he? Literally. So he was living his life, loving life, wasn't he, Jesus? Yeah, he was going to parties, turning water into wine doing awesome stuff like that, healing people, doing God's work, telling people about God. Loads of people will follow him saying, you know, we're giving our lives to God. Life must have been awesome for him. But then when God turns around and says, right, you're off to the cross now. You know what I mean? He did give his life. He gave his physical life. You know, with us, we think, oh, yeah, I give my life, but, you know, I can still do this, still do that. You can still do stuff, right? When I say that we give absolutely everything, doesn't mean like, right, we are all quitting our jobs. We're going to move in. We're going to build a, load of, a big house in the state down in the new land. We're going, to <laughs> we're going to move in there. And then we're going to go out and just, just do God's work. Just do God's work. It's going to end up a bit odd, isn't it? <laughs> so, do you know what I mean? It does seem a bit nuts for me to say we have to give everything to God. We do. But God still wants us to enjoy. Right? He does still want us to have life. And the things that you enjoy don't have to directly tell people about God. Like, I love playing sport. But me playing sport doesn't really... Like, bring people to church, does it? Do you know what I mean? But then you have to remember that it can't be a negative thing for Jesus as well. So the, all these things that we do and we have fun and we live our lives, 
they don't all have to, you know, you give your life as a whole, but not everything that you do in your life has to be a work for God. You know what I mean? You do have to enjoy. So, for example, now, me playing rugby, if that, and, you know, this is thing that happened to me. I played rugby and going to rugby. I always get excited after the game because all the lads there. And then you stay, you have a few pints, and you have a few more pints, and then you have a few more pints. You end up saying stuff that you shouldn't stay, doing stuff that you shouldn't do. And then the rugby part of it was great because I didn't do anything negative there for Jesus. But afterwards, I did. Yeah? So you've got to look at yourself and go, right, I need to take that away. So it may not glorify God, but if it's doing God a disservice... You have to have a look at it because, so for me, what I had to do is go, right, it's either no rugby at all or I'm going to have to look at how to adapt this. So I didn't want to give up rugby because I love rugby, right? So I was able to go, right, I'm not going to drink at all. There's no drinking happening. Went through through period and there's no drinking at all. And now, like yesterday, played rugby, went to the club, had a pint, had a couple of glasses of Coke afterwards, and about two, three hours later, I drove home. Just, that was it. Do you know what I mean? So I managed to deal with that, and then go, right, you can do this good thing, but you've got to take that out. But you've got to remember, that was, that's something that, you know I mean, there's an easy way out of it. But I could then go, but I'm going to stay out all night, all night, all night, but I won't drink. How hard is that going to be? Because everyone's doing it. Everyone, so you're like, there's certain, there's, ways where you've got to give certain things up. So I didn't give rugby up, but I gave up going out. So I could have just gone, well, what I'll do, I'll stay, and I won't drink, but I'll stay out until like 12, 1, and I just won't drink. But that's really hard, yeah? So what I've done is taken that completely out. So it may just seem like a thing of, yeah, well, you'd go to church, you wouldn't go out. But I love going out and socialising. So I've gone, right, God's plan for me is, is bigger. There's more riding on that than me going out. So I've gone, I'm taking that out completely. And it could have ended up being rugby I had to take out completely. I may have had to go, no, I can't do rugby at all. But if I couldn't find a way around it, then I'd have to have done it. And it sounds nuts. It sounds like old teaching, doesn't it? Like Mark tells us about people like, you weren't allowed to go to the cinema. You weren't allowed to do that. You weren't allowed to do this, yeah? It sounds a bit old teaching, but... And it sounds nuts like that and extreme, that you've got to give up everything. It's not you've got to give up everything, but if you can't find a way around it, you do have to put it into perspective and say, I can't do certain things. Because at the end of the day, like I said earlier on, what you are going to get in heaven is worth giving that up for, isn't it? Yeah, it is worth it, and it's hard, and it's so hard. You may be gutted for ages and ages, but just fill that time with God, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It sounds a bit, like, easy, but if you spend, like, two hours playing rugby on a Saturday, when you read your Bible for two hours... Mike, if you're interested, hey, that'd be quite hard, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's, the Bible does say, and it sounds a bit extreme, if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It's better to lose one part of your body than your whole body to go to hell. You know, you don't have to chop your hand off. I've got some sharp saws in the van. <laughs> sort you out with a discount price if you want to call out the back later, and we'll sort it out, right? But, do you know what I mean? It just means that you cut off what's holding you back, yeah? yeah. So if, yeah. if your friends, the boys said earlier on about, Pete and Chris Aldo said it, about boys that are holding you back, or not boys, but friends that are holding you back, you've got to cut them off, yeah? doesn't mean that you're never, ever going to speak to them again, because you need to speak to them, 
because you can't just go write them off by try, and then they'd be wondering for years, where did Chris Arnold go? <laughs> when you've just missed the opportunity to go, right, boys, I'm not going to come out with you anymore because I found Jesus, yeah? yeah, yeah. So you've got to cut that bit off, cut that bit of your life that's holding you back off. And it's so hard because we love doing the stuff that makes us happy, don't we? We love the stuff that we enjoy. Even if it is bad for us, we do enjoy doing it, yeah? And it's hard. And, you know, these things are really, really hard. Everything that I'm saying is hard to do. It's like perfect world stuff. It is, isn't it? You know what I mean? A lot of this is like, yeah, but if we think put in reality, but that also is a downfall. We can't just go, yeah, but if we put that in reality, it's really hard to do. Yeah, it is hard to do, but you still try, don't you? It's like, we all know that we're never going to be perfect, but it doesn't mean that we just go, ah, whatever, whatever. I know I'm not going to be perfect. I'm just going to carry on. <laughs> you know, you still strive for it. All these things, we need to strive for it. And it, it, will make, it might make us sad, it might make us upset for a while, but it is going to come through in the end. You're going to be fine, yeah? Because God will bring you through it, yeah? And that's quite an easy thing to say, but he will, yeah? So if something is causing you to sin or stumble or whatever, whatever it might be. For me, it was going out and uh, having a few too many drinks and stuff. I don't know what it is for you, but just take that away from your life. Take that out, and we need to just say, God, you are bigger than me. You're more important than me and my life. And we do just need to go and just take it out of our lives and give our struggle to him, yeah? You know, <laughs> at the end of the day, I said just now, Jesus died for us, didn't it? You know what I mean? He did give up his life, his physical, physical life, of him walking around, having fun, having a laugh. Do you know what I mean? I'm pretty sure he did loads of stuff, you know, and he did work for, for God really hard, like, but I'm pretty sure he had a laugh at times and enjoyed life. It wasn't a drag for him. So him giving up his physical life, do you know what I mean? For us to give up rugby or whatever it is, is nothing, is it? Do you know what I mean? Is nothing. So go make disciples, right? After hearing all of this, I hope it made sense to some people, you know, when I was writing it, I've been going up and down. I've been having days. I'm like, this is awesome. God, we're an awesome team. We're going for this. Love it. I can't wait to preach. Can't wait. And then I'm like, oh, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's stuff people have heard before. It's stuff that doesn't really give a big impact. Oh, my gosh. And I've been up and down, up and down. So hopefully, it's made sense. Right? And it's encouraged you, right? It's encouraged you. It's given you a little bit of a lift to go, hmm. Because we're all in the same boat here, right? We're all in the same boat. There's nobody here that is more spiritual, accomplished, apart from Ian, right? <laughs> apart from Ian. Ian, you could have stayed at home today because you know all this, right? You know all this. But, you know, we are all in the same boat. Everyone's struggling with the same things, right? Everyone is struggling. So, Andrea spoke, Andrea, Andrea again, Andrea, Andrea, Andrea. She spoke on Friday about your brother in it, yeah? She spoke, have you, has anyone seen that Brownlee Brothers clip this week of where one of them's stumbling, he can't finish, and then his brother comes up behind him and picks, well, not picks him up, but he, like, puts him on his shoulder, his arm on his shoulder, and they run over the finish line. And um, if you haven't seen it, this may not make sense, but go have a look at YouTube, Brownlee Brothers. But it's like that in this church. There's, it seems like, because the culture at the moment, I think this with the younger, with us younger people, it was when we were your age and stuff, new in the church. There's a culture of, um, like, you know, it's all in the spotlight and stuff like that. And it's about what you do. It's about what you do, what you do, what you do. And it's really easy to go, if somebody's, like, not doing so well in church, it's easy for you to just go, well, I'm going to look better now. It is, isn't it? So we need to realize that we're all in this together. And we do need to help each other through it. 
So, just remember, everyone's in the same boat as you. If you think he or she is better than me, just remember they're in the same boat as you because they've got the same things going on in their life. They may just be able to deal with it better, but they've got sin in their life and you've got sin in your life and that's about it. So really, when it comes down to it, that's that's the only thing that holds us back because it's guilt, isn't it? Guilt of not feeling worthy or having too much pride and stuff like that. So we just need to remember everyone's in the same boat. So it says go, right? It says go make disciples. It doesn't say get accomplished in church, read your Bible from back to front, go to Bible college, and when you come out, you'll know everything. Then go make disciples. It doesn't say that. It just says that when you become a Christian, go make disciples. Yeah. Go. Okay? So it's, it, doesn't say, it doesn't say hang around, wait till you're good and have a bash, right? So if I ask the church... As you guys, everyone's here today, go get me a bottle of water tomorrow and bring it ne- back next Sunday, right? That's basically what we've been asked to do. So everyone go out and get a bottle of water. If everyone in this church just goes, hmm, how many of us here? One, two, three, four. Uh, should I count? Should I count? No, it take too long because there's loads of us here, isn't it? It's fitting loads of us. <laughs> so, <laughs> so say there's about 50 people here, for example, right? So if I say, right, everyone go out and get a bottle of water and bring it back to church next week. If everybody in here goes, well, they passed the shop, so they're going to go get it. Um, I don't live that close to the shop. I brought something to church before. Um, I brought a bottle of water like 15 years ago, 20 years ago, so <laughs> may not bring a bottle of water. And if everyone comes up with an excuse because it's a bit too difficult, water's pretty easy, so maybe not the best example, but something a bit hard. But imagine it's water, right? If everyone has that, oh, I've done this, I've done my part, you know I, I'm getting on a bit now. I've brought loads of water to the church before. Um, I'm planning to bring water in three weeks when there's something cool on in church. So I'm not going to bring it this time, but I'm going to bring it next time, right? So if everyone does that, wait for the big surprise. You spoil it, don't you? Spoil it. <laughs> so wait and tell everyone next week what happened. Oh. So, you know, we'd have no water, and that's pretty obvious, isn't it? And it's the same... You know, we've got to ask ourselves a question. How many people, how many bottles of water have you brought to church recently? Yeah? How many have you brought? Not many. Lords? A few? How many have you brought, right? So, the other thing that we might do in relying for other people to bring water is that when they bring some water through the door, you go, oh, yes, come on, yes. My church is on fire. Your church is on fire. He said this in the video as well. Your church is on fire. Okay, so what have you done? Oh, well, I did some pretty cool things where, um, um, yeah, I've been in the church for a while. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but what have you done? What have you done? When that person come in through the door, what have you done? Yeah, you haven't done a lot in it. You can't just piggyback on other people's bringing water. If I, like, Karis, bring this water up to me. Right, Emily, did you bring that water up to me? Yeah. See, that's what we do, though, isn't it? We go, yes, I'm part of this. I'm part of this service. I brought water to you. You didn't, yeah? Caris is the one who gave me the water. And just, you can't piggyback on other... You can't piggyback on other people's bringing water to church. You have to go out. It's a responsibility that you have been given. He didn't just say, right, ABC, you go make disciples. He did. But he said, you go make disciples. You, you. So if that's ABC there, and that's another church, you know, he said, you and you. But then he opened it up, went, you, 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 you. You've all got to bring somebody, you know, and keep bringing, keep bringing. Keep, you've got to all take responsibility 
ourselves to bring people to church, yeah, and bring people to Christ. It's not your thing. It's not what you're good at, telling people about stuff. I'm not good at talking to people because they ask hard questions, and oh, I know what they're going to ask. They're going to ask that one hard question. Oh, it always comes up. I don't know how to do it. Let's start looking into it. Start putting more time into it. Because if somebody asked you, hey, what's happening in Coronation Street this week? You might know, yeah? Because you watch it. You watch that all the time, and you want to catch up and stuff. Or if it's like, well, it might not be Coronation Street. It might be anything. But you know, we... <laughs> EastEnders. It might be EastEnders. But, you know what I mean? We put loads of time into that. If you don't want... If you can't talk to people because you're scared what they're going to confront you with, then look at it. Pretty simple. Go out and read. <laughs> yeah? Read. Watch videos. You know, I love what Emily does. And I've said this. I said this to, I think it was Matthew um, Anderson. We were talking before, and he was, like, struggling to read my Bible and stuff. And I was like, the easiest way, I think, for you to get knowledge into you without actually reading is watch other preachers, isn't it? Emily does it. I love it. She, I come home sometimes from work, and she's there on a the day off. I'm like, oh, what have you done today? Oh, I just watched, like, three sermons. <laughs> like... But it is, if you, if you struggle to read, if you struggle to read, watch sermons, yeah? Because there's loads of knowledge and stuff in them. Don't just stay there. Move on, read your Bible, and you've got to do all that stuff. You've got to pray or whatever. But you've got to put time into it. It's not, you can't just go, well, I don't know anything, so I can't do it. If you don't know anything, you've got to go after it, yeah? If in work, if I'm doing something and I don't know how to do it, I'm not just going to say, I'm off, I can't do this. <laughs> Yeah, I'd get on my phone, I'd get on Google, I'd be like, right, how to do this, or I'd go, hey, do you know how to do this? I know you're busy, but give me a hand with this. You go and find out stuff, don't you? So just because it's reading a book, which is quite boring, not that book's boring, but you know, reading is quite boring or whatever, you've got, <laughs> you've, you know, you've got to put time into it. You have to put time into it. Otherwise, like on that video said, when it comes to the day and you haven't done anything, you know, What's, you know, you're going to look like a bit of an idiot, aren't you? Because why? You didn't want to read. Or you didn't want to dig into it a bit more and find stuff out, yeah? So, you know, I'm finishing. I don't know if we've got songs to come. So I don't know if you want to come up. Oh, yeah? I think I saw a thumb up there. So we need to put time into it. Put ourselves aside and just go, right, I'm going to give X amount of time. X amount of time, whatever. This We have to give stuff up. That's part of the deal. That is part of the deal. You're going to have to give stuff up. And put stuff in. Because sometimes it's easy to give something up. Sometimes it's easy to give something up and don't replace it with stuff. But you have to replace it with things, yeah? It works the other way. It works two ways. So if we don't put enough time into reading and praying and stuff like that, then we don't know the answers. And you're just going to be stuck in the same circle all the time, all the time of, oh, I've been struggling with this. Right, well, you could do this. This is all I know. You can do this. And then they'll come back to you and go, wait, it hasn't sorted itself out. It's still in the same problem. Keep doing it, keep doing it, it'll work, it'll work. And you just end up in the same circle and you'll be ineffective and you won't start making disciples. So expand your knowledge, put more time into going to know stuff about God, yeah, and things will come. You can look at older people at times and you go, well, they know everything. They know all these verses and stuff like that. How do you think they know all the verses and stuff? It's because they've been reading them and they've been in church for years and stuff, maybe, and people have been saying them, but most of the time it's because they've read it, yeah? They've gone and looked at stuff and found stuff out. And if we as young people, I get frustrated at times, how do they fit know everything? <laughs> it's because they've been around for longer and they've put time into knowing and looking at stuff. So, you know what I mean? We need to just think more of, less of ourselves and more of him in everything we do, right? So, you know, 
let's, <laughs> I just got this written here. Church, let's grow up a little bit. Realize the gravity of what we're offering to people. And take the responsibility of getting the gospel to people just like Jesus asked us to. And that's what we're, that's what we're called to do, right? So, let's do that. Oh! That was a wicked bit to finish on. But, when I was like, oh, shall I do this? Shall, is this the right message? I don't know if it's the right message. Verse of the day. It's not as good in this one. Can we have verse of the day? Uh, one, Lee, you on this? 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Change the background. <laughs> it's okay, okay. So, right. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you, uh, because you know, <laughs> because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. I was just like, whoa, whoa. This week, I've, it's only this week that I've set up alerts for verse of the day because I didn't know you could do it on my phone. Right? It's only this week that I've learned to do that. And then this comes up. This comes up on the day that I'm saying this. I was like, oh, yes. God's in the house. So let's just, let's just go for it, yeah? That last line. Now I've closed my laptop down so I can't say it again. But let's just put ourselves aside. Put more of God. And let's just go out there and make disciples in the world. This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. Or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269 596000.